you knew him, didn't you? Then you had that one little feeling. But you waved it away. You should have listened to that one little feeling. Just like I'm listening to you now. You can talk to me. I'm all a friend. Hello and welcome to Our Slice on Film, a movie podcast talking about movies, new and old, some movie industry news, while incorporating some fun pizza conversations into the mix. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Brian, and as always, I'm joined by... Michael. Hi. How's it going, man? Doing great. Sunday morning, rain is falling, Brian. Yes, rain is falling just like in one of the movies that we'll be doing today. So lots of rain today. Yeah, we uh, we talk about in our intro movies, new and old, and a Which lot. Is, of, we're kind of hypocrites at this point. Yeah, recently it's been a lot of new. A lot of stuff's been coming out, and so you came out and said, "Hey, let's try to incorporate an old movie." And then so we're doing a little bit of both this week. We're doing um, the little things, the new Denzel movie streaming on HBO Max about just your classic hunting down a serial killer. And then we're, we're coupling that a fun serial killer double feature with 1995's seven David Fincher classic with um, Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt. So we decided, Hey, let's just make a weekend out of it. Serial killers. It's gloomy in Memphis. Let's just watch two really dark movies while we're at it. Yeah. And for our listeners, our regular listeners, this was Brian's idea. This was not Michael's dark scary side that said hey let's let's watch jared leto be really creepy this weekend this was all brian brian knew what he was getting into so he's leading it today i'm really excited to to talk really pushing myself here i knew this is outside of your comfort zone a little bit outside my comfort zone but like enough where i feel comfortable pushing it you know like i'm able you know we always say we're educators and i was like oh go outside your comfort zone that's where you grow you know this is in that healthy uncomfortable zone where i feel I felt good being able to accomplish um, watching the little things. And I've seen seven before, so it was just fun revisiting it uh, stress-free. Stress-free. Yeah, because especially seven on the first watch is like oh yeah, high tension. Oh, yeah. I was hiding behind Kimberly the entire time. <laughs> so it was fun revisiting that. It was a good, it's a really good rewatch. And then, um, and then we'll talk about whether or not we think the little things uh, will be a good rewatch one day. Yeah, one day. So I guess with that being said, let's talk about the little things first. Yes, HBO um, Max. HBO a, Max. A new one with some stars. Yeah, yeah. So we got, I uh, mentioned this is a Denzel uh, vehicle. He's the star. Also alongside Rami Malek, his first feature film um, on screen since he won his Oscar for Bohemian Rhapsody. It was supposed to be for No Time to Die where he's the villain, but that has been delayed an infinite amount of times. So now it's this movie and then also starring um, Jared Leto. So three Academy Award winning actors in one movie. Kind of cool. And it's directed and written by John Lee Hancock. Um, You might know him from directing The Founder, Saving Mr. Banks and The Blind Side. So he Hmm. has a couple pretty relatively successful resume. He also directed The Rookie. If you're into baseball movies. And he rec- most recently directed uh, before this The Highwaymen with Kevin Costner and right. Woody Harrelson on Netflix. So I heard that was great. Yeah, I've always Wait, did. I, I watch that. It oh, I think yeah. I watched that actually. Not rememberable. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool, um, cool. Brian, did you know that the only modern day president not to have a James Bond film released is Donald Trump? Good during his term, he's the only one with No Time nice. to Die coming out in Biden. It skipped him. Cool. Just a fun little fact out there. Not mad about that. Yeah. All right. 
Well, this well, this movie's made and produced during the Trump era, so I wonder if there'll be some interesting themes, though. I don't know. Okay, I don't know about that. Maybe <laughs> I I don't know. What's that? What stood out to you about the little things on the first watch? Because you know, I'm I'm pretty informed about serial killers, so I'm pretty I'm you know, it's common tropes and kind of plot narratives that you go through and stuff. Um, this was. I don't even know where I stand on it, Brian. This was so, very different. So I'll start by saying that I was excited to see this movie. Um, why? Because we, we haven't seen Tell Denzel. Why? I haven't seen Denzel on a screen in a, in a good bit. It's been, I think, at least two or three years since we've seen him at least lead in a movie. And then, again, I just mentioned this, three Oscar winners in one movie. We don't get that a whole lot, right? Yeah. So that was really cool, the idea that we have these three oscar winners in one movie about a serial killer hunting down a serial killer down for it mm-hmm. mystery down for it two guys working together to solve a problem and more and more problems you know it's like a riddle down for it and so like and i like dark stuff i just don't like seeing violent acts which is where i kind of you know that's why we'll talk about seven in a little bit you don't in seven you don't see the violence you just see the outcomes and for whatever reason i'm relatively okay with that hmm. um it's the act of violence like oh that i'm not down for so in the, yeah. in the little things that was pretty much also the case you know this is a thriller mm-hmm. it was dark it was suspenseful at times and uh but only I, really violence towards the end yeah and that was screen. yeah and that was um I can. St- I was able to stomach that. So, but that's why. That's why I was. I was excited for it, and I think potentially I got my my hopes up a little too high. I it, it definitely left me feeling a little bit disappointed. For sure, there it is. I you know, Den the the first act was pretty great. I think Denzel you know br- brought in a really strong character. Um, you know, a lot of gravitas that Denzel Washington brings in. I love watching him. Um, the real kind of excitement and interest just teetered off that by the time we get to the big climax and, you know, wrapping up everything, I'm like, this is where we ended. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to talk about the ending just yet, but it's no. like, I, you know, you keep, I felt like I kept waiting for the next step, the next level of like, here's what happened next and the next, but it's just a lot of them like looking out of car, car windows. Yeah. I, I felt I watched an interview with Denzel on Good Morning America one morning, and he described the movie as it is, like it is a slow burn. It, it, it's more of a noir kind of film, you know. Yeah. And you can see that's what they were definitely going for. But even slow burn movies need to be well paced, and I don't feel like this was well paced at all. And 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 the writing didn't help it either. Like the di- when they were waiting for something to happen, the dialogue of the characters between characters didn't help that at least in my opinion it was at times just kind of brutal i thought it was just it just didn't make sense to me what was brutal just some of the back and forth between characters that i learned that this movie was originally penned in the 90s and then at the time no one would buy the script or no one wanted to purchase it there's your answer exactly and (laughs) then all of a sudden we're gonna give it exactly and all these years later warner brothers was like all right cool we'll, we'll get this now and I'm I'm re- I'm watching this movie and I'm like, all right, cool. Sick. It was originated in the '90s. This movie literally takes place in the '90s. Mm. But like, did they not like rewrite it at all? Because there was some pretty iffy, like, dialogue. I thought and and just some things that didn't really flow that well. And it felt at times not really '90s, but not in a good way. 
Yeah. And I think even like some of the more subtle stuff, like, you know, you see Helter Skelter on, on a bookshelf, kind of like without the, throughout the movie. I think that that'll go over modern day streaming audiences a lot, <laughs> like go over their heads. Cause like right in the nineties, right. It's right at the end. They mentioned the night stalker, Richard Ramirez in this movie, like it's in California. I didn't even care to look if Jared Leto's character or whoever the freeway killer is, is actually like a real thing. I don't Mm. know. Um, I didn't even care to look because I really was so uninterested. Yeah. None of that, 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 none of that even crossed my mind, honestly, those references, because for me, if it didn't say October, 1990 in the opening sequence, I don't think I would have known that it was supposed to take place in the nineties and maybe by the cars. Yeah. That, yes. Thank you. Thank you. That was the one thing that stood out to me was the crappy looking cars, mm-hmm. but everything else, uh, one thing that did bother me a lot was Rami Malek and his suit. And I made an observation like halfway through, I was like, dude, Rami looks good in this suit. He looks good. And he's a good looking, he's a good looking guy. He has a really fit lean body, but like suits did not look that good in the nineties. Did, no. did, did did you notice that at all, or is it just, or is it just is it just me? They I I'm almost positive they were a lot baggier back Ex- then. Exactly, exactly. And then I'm watching Slim I'm watching, Fit is a very relative. I'd say I don't know. I no, I completely agree. I think Slim Fit is like the, this like this decade, this most like the last ten years yeah. maybe, if that. And I'm watching. We we watched Seven this morning, and we Which have Brad Pitt in the nineties. In the nineties, filmed in the nineties, written in the nineties, and it has Brad Pitt, also an incredibly good looking fit uh-huh. man. He's wearing these baggy clothes, you know? Yeah. Rami Malek looked like he shopped at Express last year for this movie, and then he wore that. It looked like he just walked on this set from No Time to Die. Yeah, yeah I can see He's like, oh, well, I opened up a door, and now I'm a detective. No costume he, change or anything. He didn't belong in this movie. He kind of threw me for a loop a little bit. And I like Rami Malek, but I don't know if he belonged in this movie at all. I don't think so either. Um, Sorry, dude. And yeah. I, don't, I don't know if him and Denzel have had a good back and forth. And like, then, I think their chemistry was just off. And I, and I think a part of that is because of, of this writing. It was really like you mentioned trope tropes earlier. It felt yeah. really tropey. It felt really cheesy. It felt really black and white cut really hard. I did, it didn't, it didn't jive that well. It wasn't smooth. It felt really harsh and forced. And I didn't like that at all. Yeah, and that's Jeez. fine. Like if your, if your characters don't get along, that's okay. But you, I don't. I, but there still has to be some sort of chemistry there for the work. And I don't think. Have that you watched True Detective? There. I've seen, I've seen seasons one and three. Okay, this felt like a two-hour-long True Detective without the chemistry from the first <laughs> season. Like that's <laughs> really just, that's which is why you watch that show. Here yeah, it's like especially in buddy cop movies, which is in the serial killer genre, right? Which is part of the horror genre. Um, you know, these buddy cops always get together and they always have the back and forth and that casting is so so important. And now I think Denzel can really vibe with anyone. I've I watched enough right. of his his movies that like he's got really good he must just be a really great person. Maybe Rami's like a weird guy. That's what I was talking to Kimberly he, this morning. I think yeah. him personally is probably, he might just be strange. I think he is. And I've seen him in some interviews. He is, I think, a naturally awkward, weird dude, which like I, I respect. Like, that's yeah, cool. I mean, yeah. But like, I Get think that, that bread boy, whatever it takes. Yeah. But I think that translates not well to him being an actor. Like, I don't think he has that much range, unfortunately, because yeah. of it. Like, he won an Oscar for playing Freddie Mercury. 
I'm under the impression that Freddie Mercury is also kind of a weird dude in his own right as well. Um, yeah, Quir- quirky. Quirky, yeah. I think and quirky I, people might pick up the quirks better. And you think what Rami has done, Freddie Mercury, he's he's Night very successful. Museum. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mr. Robot, his TV show where he plays like this outcast nerdy guy. Yeah. Um, he's just made a career playing, and he's going to be a James Bond villain. Those are no, those are notoriously odd characters. Conscious James mm-hmm. Bond villain, so he's like yeah. real there right now. Yeah. But this, when he's trying, he's supposed to play like the straight edge detective. Um, no, it didn't work. It didn't work for me. Maybe Jared Leto as the buddy cop and Rami Malek as the serial killer. Maybe. With that being said, I enjoyed Let's Jared talk Leto about in this movie. Jared Leto for sure. I enjoyed it. It worked for me. I I enjoyed his um his performance in this. He just, I think he just leaned into it really hard. He's scary looking, man. Yeah, he had some prosthetic nose work. It looked like. Yeah. Yeah. uh, And he had that, he had his long greasy hair, some scraggly facial hair. And he, uh, yeah, he just went, he, he was a 12 out of 10. He just leaned into the serial killer, weird outcast role. And I, I didn't, I didn't mind it at all. He was kind of funny at times. Yeah. It it was, it was a little, you know, Charles Manson. Okay. For sure. Like he definitely was supposed to, um, I just, I'm trying to look at, he wasn't in 2049 Blade Runner, right? No, I don't think so. Jared Leto? Oh, no, he was. He was. He was. He was. He was. Oh, yes. I'm looking at it. He He plays. He's clean cut in that movie, but still like, because that was the last thing I saw him in probably. Suicide Squad. He was the Joker. No, I only watched that once. Um, Now, Harley Quinn. That movie hmm. I've seen a couple times, though. Okay. Yeah. No, I. But anyway. I, I haven't seen Jared Leto a whole lot, but I didn't mind him at all in this. I thought he was good and I thought that was fine. Then Denzel is just like. You can put him in anything, and at the very least, you're going to find him likable and entertaining. You know, mm-hmm. he's even in this movie, a very dark and disturbed person he's playing, and but he's still the got that guy in the room. Yeah, and he still's got that Denzel smile. You know, mm-hmm. he's he's able to be charming at times, even though he's really battling some demons. Yeah. So he was he was good. But how about you? I I've, I've been talking a lot. How about you? What did you think of this movie? What were, what were your impressions? You know, I uh, it just was too slow for me. And I also, and I don't know if we're going to go to the spoilers yet, but like the ending we got to talk about because we will. it was yeah. not satisfying at all. We will. Um, I just really, I, I feel like I waited too long or it came up too early to unlock Denzel Washington's tragic backstory. I think, especially yeah. for the first act and maybe half of the second, I was really more focused on like what happened in the past rather than what's happening now. And maybe if they they should have given us a little bit more of the present before we get those flashbacks and like unlocking like where he was because then it it just overwhelms really I think the why I wanted to watch the movie. Yeah, yeah, no, I I I I think I agree with that. And even even when it is revealed, the big reveal of what he's been battling with these past, I think it's five years he's been mm-hmm. uh, he's been off the force. Um, it was still kind of, um trying to think of the word i'm looking for not disturbing not um just wrong i don't know it wasn't what it wasn't what i was expecting which mm-hmm. isn't a bad thing but then but then the ending that after that i thought it was just sending the wrong message and i we can talk about i guess we can talk about the ending do you, guess, do you want to or what, well, what you I, I just i i think this isn't really a serial killer movie perhaps i think yeah. it's not supposed to be about who done it or where is he or why is he doing it? I 
maybe because there was a lot less of it than I anticipated. And they really like, especially double featured with seven. I think there were not, they didn't even spend that much time on like crime scenes. Yeah. So it's that's not a good really point. like a, I feel like part of this psychological thriller, serial killer cop movie is giving the audience also pieces to get through what's together. But this was just like, I don't know. We're just waiting for Jared. Leto. That's, that's a good, that's a good point. There was, we had that one, we have the, okay, three bodies from the past, right? Mm-hmm. Which I think they're linking to what's taking place in present day nineties with, or he's, or Denzel is trying to trying to link it. Yeah. And then we see, but in the present day with Rami, is it just there's, Oh, there's one body that we see in the apartment who I swear when they pulled that hood off, I was like, is that Jessica Alba? <laughs> I really thought I was like, wow. Cameo from Jessica Alba. That's a weird cameo. That was true. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. Um, and then we have glasses. And then we have the the disappearance of another whom we never find her body in the um and then the third was a body that was washed up from the river, right? So that that's three plus three. So six potentially total, right? Oh, if only it was seven. Yeah. But you're right, they don't spend I don't well do you want to go into spoilers? Yeah, do it. All right. Spoilers if you oh, haven't seen if you haven't seen the little things on HBO Max. Maybe go um, check it out. It's it's an it's an easy way to kill two hours, and again, I think at the very two least, two hours and seven minutes, Brian, which is the same length as seven. Just saying, I um, know, really, everything's coming together for this week. And right I know, right? At the very least, you get Denzel doing Denzel things, which is always, I think, a delight for audiences. But yeah, um, all right. So spoilers: there are seven bodies, Michael. Because yeah, you're right. Yes, you're right. I forgot. Um, did he do it? No, you don't think he did it? I think he's just effing with them. I think so too. And and that is so disappointing. Yeah. So we don't know who we're not sure who. Yeah. Because the ending ending, you think it might be him because Denzel gives the red beret to Rami in an envelope. Turns it's out the red beret of that one bastard. runner. Yeah. Denzel ended up just buying a package of red of berets and gifting it to Rami to make him think that he, that because, because <laughs> gosh, we're not even, do you want to have the last 30 minutes? Yeah, I um, you know, they catch him, or he he comes up to Rami Malek's character and says, "Hey, I'll show you where the rest of the bodies are. Come with me." And he drives him out to the fucking desert and very seven ish, very seven ish, makes him dig just everywhere, saying they're yeah. here somewhere. And Rami does it, even though he's got a gun. Yeah, he literally is out there all night, and yeah. then, you know, he's trash talking. Uh, Jared Leto is trash talking. Rami's character and stuff and all of a sudden just wham bam thank you ma'am shovel to the face yeah you know I hated that yeah so it felt that felt really unearned and out of character for Rami's character the Jared Leto's character begins to mention Rami's family it's like oh yeah you have you spend so much time in front of the television you know you have a wife and two kids yada yada and then that's when Rami's like all right this asshole and then just whips a shovel in his face knocks him out cold dead and rami can't believe it eventually then he doesn't know what to do yeah and it's so out of character because nothing in this film really seemed like rami had any he was very stoic he was weird but stoic i felt like whereas if we're comparing it to seven and we know how that movie ends brad pitt's mills we know is an incredibly emotional yeah. hothead cocky figure so what happens at the end of seven totally makes sense uh-huh. you're kind of like 
it'd be really shocking if he didn't clock Kevin Spacey in the face right now. But he does. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, that's that makes sense for Mills' character. For this, you're like, where did this where did this come from? Like Rami's supposed to be the straight edge, really good detective, and he just beat this guy over the face with a shovel. Now there there is comparisons. Denzel's character snapped after one night. Rami Malik's character seems to snap after one night until he gets the the barrette in the mail. Um but their relationship was not strong enough to convince me that I should be looking at Denzel's character as warning signs for Rami Malik. No. And I and I think that. and that same tension I feel like is in 7 a little bit. Like they're still like the buddies and like still trying to compete with each other but it's like the it, uh, and in, in just 7, seven slower. Huh? Oh yeah. And the, but in 7 there's seven also slower. There's also good like um there's a lot of good foreshadowing. There's a lot of good dialogue. Is that there kept... foreshadowing in seven? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. oh like... I thought you were talking about the little oh, things. Yeah. No, 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 no. No, but like in seven, there's, there's none like... of that shit. No, no. And the little things. And again, it just seemed, it came out of nowhere. You're just like, this doesn't make any sense with the story or the character. And then Michael, with me, my big issue with it is that when you it's revealed that Denzel's not struggling necessarily with unable to solve this mystery case, Really, it's more of he's been struggling with that case because he killed one of the mm-hmm. women. He was startled by moving bushes. Someone came in the bushes and he shot his gun and killed her. And he, and he, they covered it up. It was a systemic. They just covered everything up. He and many other coworkers went. They'll just fudge some things along the way to to make and sure we that got that hints was of that. Yeah, yeah, but. I would have rather seen Denzel kill Jared Leto and him having to deal with doing it again and then it mm-hmm. ending there rather than like him just cleaning. I don't, I just so don't to know. Me, None of it was nice. Well, to me, it's perpetual, right? It's this, yeah, it's this message that like cops are murderers and they get away with it and they can get away with it. And there's a system in place to protect cops, dirty cops, essentially. And that's how I left leaving this movie is that it, it's like it takes a village and in Denzel's case, like he had his partner, another witness and the, I'm not sure the technical term, but the person in the morgue, mm-hmm. the autopsy person, like all cover him up, his ass up when he should be fired in, 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 in prison, right? Yeah. And then Rami Malek killed an innocent man as well. Maybe. We don't know. We, we absolutely don't know. But it just seemed like the, the the message is like cops get away with murder and they, they look out for one another because of it. And especially this was written in the nineties and yeah, like this should, King. this should have been really rewritten hardcore, especially given the climate that we've been in in the past, particularly the last four or five years with cops and, and police yeah. brutality and, and, and unwarranted force. So that's where I, that's where I left this. I hear that. I see it. Although I walked away just saying, damn, these cops can't do anything right. That's really like, <laughs> they're like all oh, these blundering idiots. Like they got too invested in their emotions. Mm-hmm. Like they just kind of fell down the rabbit hole. I don't know, but that's a really great point. You know, this is, this is what happens when Warner Brothers has scripts on their shelf for yeah. two decades, two or three decades now. And they're like, oh, let's just wrap it up so we can get some streaming numbers. Yeah, and Denzel needs the work. Maybe I don't know. And that's where I'm trying to figure out, like, what, like, to Denzel, like, is it fascinating to him 
being like, hey, oh, like I'm I'm going to be portraying a black cop who ends up accidentally shooting a white woman. Like there's some really interesting racial themes in there that I would love to explore and dive into. And I'm like, I can see how that can be interesting. And if it's executed really well, it can tell a really interesting story. But they didn't. But to me, it, it didn't. Yeah, it didn't. It, it didn't work out. I didn't. It didn't work out. The whole way. movie was just a huge red herring. That's really why I'm pissed about this movie. I think that's what it comes down to. Because like, you have not that you have to, but there's there's a certain way you can leave a mystery unresolved at the end. Sure. You know, in oh, not necessarily even opening it up for a sequel, just having an ambiguous ending. This. The whole movie was a red herring. It wasn't even just like a twist, ambiguous ending, almost like Inception, where it's like, oh, you don't know if it is or if it doesn't. The entire movie would change if it actually had an ending and there was some type of resolution. Yeah. But there's fake resolution. We get an unreliable narrator because mm. Rami Malik is persuaded that, oh, it's okay. I can go on with my life. He deserved it. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, yeah. No. True. There's just bodies everywhere now. It's like this is, there's just death everywhere. Everyone's killing and murdering. Yeah. It's just That's so like, it is really like really disappointing and like dark, but it's all unearned because the movie opens up on an anus joke. So they literally go from Denzel Washington making fun of this guy's sign all the way to, all right, cops, let's cover up this murder. And yeah. now we still don't know who did it. Yeah, it was, those are, those are all really good points. It was rough. And I don't know about you too. This is going back to like just the writing and like the execution of it all, like technically whenever I notice like the editing of a movie, chances are it's either really, really good editing, like in something like um, 1917 Hmm. or it's really, really bad editing. And in this case, I noticed the editing and it wasn't a good way. Like there was a conversation in in a bar between Denzel and Rami and the camera was just painfully Whenever one was speaking, it'd be on that person. Then cut. Oh, the other person speaking. Oh, Oh, the other person speaking. And I noticed, and I was like, this camera's going back and forth a ton just because the person who's talking is changing. And then I tried to like watch seven in the same critical, I guess, way as far as like looking for editing. And it's just like adventure. It's just so much better. So whenever I notice editing, I'm like, this isn't this isn't good. And so I I am also not convinced that. There's some scenes where Denzel's driving a car alone. I think that he's in front of a green screen. Really? It's a very obvious, like, oh, I man. can tell. Oh, man. Although oh. I will, let's make one point. When he's sitting in the car on the stakeout and he adjusts the side mirror and in the mirror is the flashback to the past. That was uh, pretty neat. That was cool. I, I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, there, the, the ghosts in his apartment, apparently, that just like oh, yeah. five minutes and then that was it. Like, that was weird. It was like touching his feet. I didn't understand. What that was, was weird. that, man? That was weird. I totally forgot about all that. I didn't even write that in my notes. That was weird. Wrote Jessica Alba question marks. <laughs> that was weird. Um, but Shit. yeah. Okay. Do you? Uh, yeah, let's let's move on. Let's let's just talk about it. Like p- the questions. Pizza questions. Yeah, we gotta we gotta sew this one up because I'm ready to real chat seven now. All right, sick. All right, let's go on some pizza related questions. All right. It's so good. First up, best slice. None of them. Damn. No, really? I I like the interrogation scene. That's I'm exactly a big fan. what I put. Really? Yeah. Uh, real great. Um, I think interrogation scenes are a really interesting way of like working on the good cop, bad cop, you know, villain versus officer on duty. 
Um, and when Denzel comes in and just pushes the table up against the wall, like he knows what he's doing just randomly. And I'm trying to think like, what was that all about? Who knows? Yeah. Denzel knows that kind of like little <laughs> uh, quirks and stuff. Like I thought that that was, that was a really good scene. And you know, Jared's just creepy as hell. Yeah. And I really, I of course enjoy watching scary people on, on screens, but he's like almost unnerving in every role I've seen him in recently. Yes. He's really going for that vibe. Um, and his next role, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know if it's next role, but coming up, he's going to play Morbius. And I'm not right. like familiar with Morbius, it's but that's vampire. like, that's a, that's a Marvel vampire, like anti, anti-hero. He's traditionally, I think like, a, I consider him like a more of a villain in the Spider-Man world, but they're going to portray him as an anti-hero, but. Well, so that's because we'll you're a good guy, Brian. All the good guys think the anti-heroes are bad guys. I can tell you, yeah, I can tell you right now, I have absolutely zero interest in that movie. It blows my mind how that a Morbius movie got greenlit, but we'll see what happens. Well, they're also doing Blade. Yeah, but Blade's been made before. I can see that, and it's, that's going to be in the MCU. And with uh, Mahershala Ali, I'm pumped mm-hmm. for that. Let's, I mean, let's, let's see that movie. All I'm right, looking forward to that. It's coming out. Okay. Um, all right, cool. Interrogation. I, 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 I agree with you on that one. I can't. I can't think of another one that was decent. There, there might have been interesting scenes. I don't know. And especially, if we're going to do the best topping right now. The best line, our favorite topping, favorite line of the movie. It's, it's hard. Yes, it's just boring. Yeah, I agree. And again, if, if really, there's some really cheesy, like '90s and like stereotypical, like serial killer stuff that just didn't work. I, I wrote cliche detective writing, like. Rami Malek saying, there's something I got in now, right. <laughs> you know, like, you know, like where, what's, what's your, why are you here? Why are you doing this? You know, like, or like, and then like they're at a bar and they have, they both have like some whiskey or something like here, here's a being from somewhere, you know, it's a cliche, yeah. like oh. toast or whatever, like some <laughs> things that were really painful. Oh man. I don't I, know. I, I do have my favorite though. It is. He's from back out East. He folds his slice. I wrote that down. I wrote that. Down. Uh, that was that's my favorite line. I I chuckled real hard because I'm like, yep. And they're in California, which I totally forgot that they were yeah. in California because there weren't no license yeah. plates to look uh, at. Yeah, I, don't I don't know what know. that was about. Okay. I've also got that's not not exactly a happy meal, which is within the first five minutes. Okay. I'm talking about the Black Angus sign, <laughs> the with the missing G. Nice. <laughs> that yeah. was it. I forgot about beginning that sign, and actually. end. I don't missing even know. G, yeah. A couple that I had also with the going along the pizza, there was another reference. I think when Jared Leto's character's playing funny and like he's on Rami Monk on the phone and then Jared's like pineapples and jalapenos, which I'm assuming he's referring to like his preferred pizza toppings, Yeah. which that's just, that is a serial killer pizza topping right there. If there, if, if there ever is pineapples one, and jalapenos. that's just weird. Well, we don't, we don't know if Jared Leto was a serial killer. I know, but I'm just saying that's, that's just the mark of a weird dude. I feel like, I mean, if you have pineapples and jalapenos on your pizza, let me know. What about separate pineapples or jalapenos? I wouldn't do either separate or together. No, Whoa, no help. I put jalapenos on a pizza. No, but I, I don't do hot. I don't do spicy. Right. I forgot. You're a good guy. No, I just can't do it. My my body can't do it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Porcelain throne. I know what you're saying. <laughs> no, I just I ran <laughs> a sweat. Um, okay. Um, uh, there was one line, and is this an expression? Is this a phrase? Um, it's when Rami Malek starting to get a little pissed. If you piss on my leg and call it rain, we're through. Have you ever heard that before in my life? I've heard. Life? I don't know if it's piss on my leg, but I've definitely heard that. 
Okay, I've never heard piss, that. Piss, I've heard piss on my face and call it rain. Interesting. Okay. Which okay. I think just is a much vivid, yeah. <laughs> a much more vivid thing. Okay. Um, and then another funny line that Jared got me with was uh, it's when they're about to stake out his apartment and Rami's trying to get him to leave. He's like, hey, meet me at this corner bar. And then he's just like, is that the place with the potato skins? <laughs> Click. <laughs> exactly. That made me laugh a little bit. But okay. That, it shows, you know, Jared Leto's having fun with the whole thing. Exactly. I kind of, I, and I kind of dig it. Um, okay. And then a general thought that I had, not a great movie for Bush beer, you know? Ooh. No, I mean. Yeah. Bush beer, the beer for creepers, you know, like that's, 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 that's my takeaway. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not a Bush fan anyway. It's a, it's a strong Midwest presence. I've come to realize, I feel like, which also. Which is I actually wonder, weird because they're in Cali. I was going to say, I wonder if it even has a presence out West, but it's, it is definitely prevalent in the Midwest, but okay. We might need some California pizza kitchen employees here to, to talk about to the vouch. West coast. Yeah. Maybe. I think there's one on a, I can ask Jason. Jason lives in San Francisco. Oh, call him right now. No, I'm not going to call him right now. All right. Text him. <laughs> okay. So let's do, who do you want to have a slice of pizza with? This one's kind of hard. I feel like. Yeah. I'm going to pick the uh, medical examiner or the coroner. Flo. Flo. Is that her name? Yeah. Cause I wrote it down. Good for you. Yeah, um, so so the three see... of us having pizza together with Flo. Sounds good. And I want to ask if she banged Denzel because they also had this flirty little thing going on. Mm-hmm. And- know if there's another level to that sure i you want to know the sexual past of those two i just want to know how does one end up in that job i'm just curious about what do you mean you study and you you apply for it i get i mean where does an interest in that happen then i guess i just want to know more about it like what's her interest it's forensics right like i guess with forensics maybe or I want to just get to know her more and her backstory and her mind and just how does she, how does she, I guess, find happiness from that job? I don't know. You know? Jeez, that's a deep question. That's why we got to have a big pizza, a deep dish. It's going to take some time to get to the bottom of these things, but a deep dish pizza can, can solve it. You can't fold deep dish in half. I know, but no one wants to. They, uh, yeah. I know. They're too busy with their spoon. Yeah. So that that's the little things. That's the oh, we gotta <laughs> slice it out. We gotta slice it oh, out. Oh shit! Out of eight, what are you giving it? Uh, I was thinking of three. Okay, great. I'm gonna just copy that one. Wow. Okay. Three out of eight. I really, you know, one for every Oscar. There. I guess. There we go. It wasn't even intentional on my part, but I like where that, where your logic's at on that. No, but that worked out. Yeah, I think I think it's if you're born one night and you're looking for something. And you want to fall asleep to something? Maybe the little things. It's Den. It's Denzel. <laughs> it's the little things that yeah. matter. Yeah. It's which the little- was before we go on. Was there significance to that? It's the little things that matter. He just said it in a speech like three or four separate times, and that was basically it. Um, I hate that. And I was hoping it was like the little things that'll get the serial killer caught, but we don't know who the serial killer is, and the little things is what saves him not what finds a serial killer it's what saves your your own ass you know it's the little things that get you caught he's not talking about the serial killer he's talking about himself it's the little things jimmy it's the little things that rip you apart it's the little things that get you caught Ooh. okay uh-huh. mm. anyway go stream that 
All right, so that was- Let's move on to the better movie. Seven. Seven. David Fincher's Seven, starring Brad Pitt, Morgan Freeman, and then for about 30 minutes, Kevin Spacey. Um, and Gwyneth Paltrow. And Gwyneth Paltrow. Who so, looks radiantly young. This yes. is pre-goop Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> um, before we go into it, just want to, I'm going to be saying some things about Kevin Spacey, like the actor and the performance. Want to separate that completely, just how, how much of a criminal asshole he absolutely, absolutely is, right? But like, it is interesting to see these him specifically, like as an asshole person playing a serial killer. Cause, like, yeah, I freaking hate that guy's guts. Yeah. Um, with that being said, like the last 30 minutes of this movie, which is like 30 minutes that he's in, just straight fire. I mean, right. you just can't stop watching the television. It's got to be one of the last, thir- one of the best, the last thirty minutes of any movie. I mean, just like it's a closer coming in the bottom of the ninth and just throwing straight one hundred and one miles per hour and mowing down the side. It's just like you can't stop watching, and there's nothing you can do to stop it. It's amazing, man. It's so great. Yeah, and then I love it. Ugh, so, where do you even begin? What, start um, I'm going to begin um, as someone who's super nerdy about this um, opening credits are actually like a low-key interest of mine i think it's so interesting like when we binge watch anything on television like anything new especially with netflix because their intros are all super like extravagant i enjoy watching those um i don't know what it is it's like a nice introduction um i'll have you know that the title credits for seven is listed as top number three opening credits of all time by ifc really yeah okay to go um is above that and then there was one other that i don't know but the opening credits are it like really changed the game because they're they're real harsh um especially the hand lettering on the opening titles which i read somewhere is like there's certain i think maybe for the sag for a screen actors guild or something like that like they have to be a certain font certain size certain placement on the screen and stuff and this like threw everything out i love you know david fincher's super good with the close-ups of stuff yeah um in just normal in the narrative um that when we really get this opening credit that sets the pace because really we see technically kevin spacey's fingers in the opening credits mm-hmm. yes 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 yeah that was so good. i just wanted to put that out there that like the opening credits of these really changed the game yeah and that's the tone for this dirty dirty movie insane insane premise really it's a genius premise right like seven um it's a serial killer who goes about his killings through the seven deadly sins. So Ryan, name the seven deadly sins as fast as you can. Wow. Uh, glut- you, I know you wrote them down. So no, I, no, I did not. I did not. <laughs> um, gluttony, envy, wrath, um, lust. Was pride one of them? Yeah. Ooh, uh, I'm blanking. Can you help me out? Can I, Dasher, can I- dancer. Yeah. <laughs> There's greed. Greed, oh, that's an easy, that's an obvious one, darn it. And lust. Okay. I already said lust. Oh. So it's the six deadly sins. <laughs> that's it, that's it, that's it. They made up a seven for this movie. And, you know, and they made it pretty gory. This is, you know, I know where we opened up and you said, like, it's the action of the violence that gets me. It's not the aftermath. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think Sloth. especially. Sloth. That's what it is. Oh, there you go. Which is the horror moment of the movie. Yes. Yes. Sorry. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. Go for it. We didn't see lust happening. We didn't see really any of them happening, but the idea of the lust happening. Disturbing as hell. 
disturbing as hell and scares me more, I think, than if I would have if they would have shown any kind of bit of it on screen. If they showed that scene, instantly a horror film. Instantly a horror. No. Yes. Uh, We're going to talk about this now then. I I have been prepared for this conversation because seven is a horror movie. Okay. So ladies and gentlemen, um, we had an argument about whether or not seven is classified as a horror movie. It was like four texts long. Yeah. But like, I, let's have a debate. I don't think it's a horror movie. It's a thriller. It's a a drama crime thriller. Nope. Serial killers. Number one. That's a horror. Silence of the Lambs is very, very similar to this. There's a lot of detective work in Silence of the Lambs. That's a horror movie. I've never seen Silence of the Lambs. Do you see him kill anyone in that movie? No, but um, you don't see Jaws until the like second half of that movie. It's- is Jaws considered horror? Yes. Uh, IMDb calls it an adventure thriller. So. All right, I want you to know yeah. Jaws was the first blockbuster, but it is a horror movie. There's a no. whole subgenre of horror that is monster movies. Sounds of, Sounds of the Lambs is considered crime drama thriller under IMDb. All right, IMDb. Brian, I'm going to need you to put down IMDb because this isn't some fact-checking experience. Seven Just, is a horror movie. The, the, the idea of someone torturing these victims. Just because the difference between this movie and Saw is that you have to watch it happen in Saw. It doesn't make this less of a horror movie. Oh, yeah, it does. It's more palatable. Not, I think you haven't seen enough horror movies that are palatable. Have you ever seen Halloween Town? What's Halloween Town? Is that that Disney movie? Yeah, have you seen that? That's palatable. That's a horror movie for kids. Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas? No, Halloween Town's an adventure, comedy, family, fantasy. I wouldn't call that have a horror you, movie. <laughs> you're really... <laughs> all right. This episode's sponsored by IMDb, apparently, instead of Common Logic. No, okay. So with Seven, with Seven, we don't see any of the violence. Okay. We just see the outcome. There's nothing that's... That's you all I really have. It's, it's a crime. A it's a crime movie. mystery. It's a crime mystery. Would you movie. say it's a psychological thriller? Sure. That doesn't mean Closer it's a horror, to a horror movie. movie than a crime drama. No, I would, I would, I would definitely call it a psychological thriller more than a horror, horror movie. No, I think it's really horrible. There's a dead head in the box at the end of the movie that we do not see. That doesn't mean anything. Yeah. No, I think it kind of means a little something. It's in a, Alien, a, which was directed. Movie. An alien from 1975, you don't even see the alien until like the last 30 minutes of the movie. You don't okay. see any of the violence until then. Okay. I mean, they come out of their chest or something like see, that. See, that's called a horror movie. You're just Googling the movies that I'm naming. You're not actually giving me any facts about why you think it's not a horror movie. The movie, the movie itself is set in a dirty, dirty, gritty town that's where okay. everything's going wrong. That is totally okay. Yep. What makes that a horror the the atmosphere there's a whole it's got this really urban gothic vibe to it where it's okay. like yeah so it's i mean it's pretty scary no i mean yeah i'm not saying you can't it's say not, that you said you were hiding behind kimberly when you watched it that makes it a horror movie no it's tense it's suspenseful but it's not does horror. it make you want to look away from the screen uh, it's sometimes you know, obviously, some wow. of the results of these murders are go. hard to watch, but okay. it's a crime. It's like cringe away. It's a little horror. This is a rated R version of like NCIS. You know, like it's just it's this it's, is a better version of the little thing starring Denzel Washington. Yeah, and that's that's not a horror movie, and I don't think neither neither is no this. because they didn't pull it pull it off. This is this is a pretty good horror movie, I'd say. 
okay i I think it's if it's if you want to call it a horror movie it's got to be in the upper echelon of horror movies but i don't think it's a horror movie a horror movie is like hereditary it's like midsummer it's any of it follows it's king kong um not uh, man that that peter jackson one debatable king kong is a horror movie even back in Um, when he was a king kong godzilla horror movie I'm trying to think of other like 28 days later anything with zombies you know things like that i feel like it's right. very i can't believe horror. i'm just gonna let you keep going because you're lecturing me on what what's a horror movie i know and i, I shouldn't you know I'm, I'm just telling you this is not a horror movie that's this my is, that's my thought you said it was upper echelon of the horror movies and i think that's a really great compliment so from here on i want to talk about go for it um I let's talk about inside John Doe's apartment and getting into this Texas Chainsaw Massacre type house that's going on in there. Sure. Because like every time I watch a serial killer movie, and maybe this is why the little things even left me a little salty, was when you get into the dungeon, into the lair, ground zero, it's supposed to be really like this terrifying experience, right? This is the lair of the serial killer. Now, unless you're like American Psycho, Norman Bates, um which is also a horror movie um getting kind of inside the action of where his his lab is is supposed to be like this huge great experience and this one nailed it so much better than the little things because jared leto's apartment was super like clean even though he looked dirty so that was just down but yeah I think which this... further adds to the point that maybe he wasn't the killer or maybe he was clean or that too i mean i don't know so I don't you enjoyed this actually died you enjoyed this sequence in seven when they went in there and they saw the inner workings of his mind, basically. Yeah. What do you think about that? What do you think about that scene? Cause there's like severed hands and stuff. Yeah. It was really flipped up. It was, you, you, you're going in there and you're like, there's absolutely no doubt in our mind right now, right? That this is the serial killer. We all on the same page. All right, cool. <laughs> sick. Let's, let's move forward. This is our prime suspect, right? <laughs> like, absolutely. <laughs> um, so I, en- I enjoyed that. And, you know, they have their different styles and of going, and, you know, you see the inner workings of them cleaning the house, looking for clues, all that stuff. Um, and then that's, the, and that's when it's revealed that he was also the photographer earlier in the movie that, that got Brad Pitt's picture. Um, yeah. yeah. Really, really cool sequence. I really enjoy just Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt and just the two differences of those characters. I thought that just their styles were great. Yeah. And I mean, it's it also lends so much more to the movie, too, because it's like Denzel's got this apathetic view almost. You were like this narcissistic view of this city about how terrible it is, how everyone's just turning a blind eye. Yeah. And Brad Pitt is like, no, I'm emotional about that. I want to lean into that. And like, what's the distraction from your emotions than deadly sins, right? That's like the vices that we we attach to what we want to think about instead. So it's like Kevin Spacey's character, John Doe, is really n- navigating these two detectives by like mind control, basically. Like he had a perfect thing. I'm not convinced that Kevin Spacey didn't have anything to do with Mills coming down to New York. Oh, that's, that's an interesting take. That would take. be an interesting take. That's a really interesting like take. Planned. There's absolutely no foundation there, and I just thought of that right now. But I mean, I'm I, there's no evidence against it. Yeah, no, I thought I I just I really enjoyed the dichotomy between the two characters and the description that you just had outlined for them. And then I also enjoyed this movie's also like subtly kind of funny. Like there's some really good lines and line delivery and quick humor to any alleviate the overall blanket of darkness that this movie is. And then again, comparing it to the little things, I don't remember like 
not much humor at all in that. But this, I mean, everything from like Brad Pitt lead, reading Cliff Notes of the books that he that Morgan Freeman assigned I him. I love that. There was a line, I think it was the first murder that Morgan Somerset went on. And then the doctor was like, oh yeah, he's dead. And then Morgan Freeman is just like, thank you, doctor. <laughs> you know, like a little like sarcastic asshole yeah. quip right there, you know. Um, smart it wasn't as quit. serious, especially in the beginning. No, and it, it kind of leans into it. No, and I think for me, it's like you need to find the humor in these things occasionally. That's how these guys get by. So whether it's humor to the audience to let us get through this movie, or it's for them having a little bit of humor, just because that's how they get through the the day to day tasks of their just unimaginable job of being detectives yeah. in this case for a serial killer. I and I that. and I hate when you have detectives on this on the crime scene and they're really, really serious about it. Like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, what should we do? Like almost like extra. Maybe that's, you know, I'm thinking of the little things where there were less quips on the floor. But, you know, you mentioned that it's supposed to be like this, you know, noir type thing going on. But this one was really like casual, real nitty gritty New Yorkers. They see this all the time. And it's like, all right, just let's just joke and quip and then as it gets more serious and like the path starts leading down this one way that all starts to fade away a little bit yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um is this for sure new york i think i assumed because he where else would you say upstate and that's the thing that's the only mention of anything but i don't think that's necessarily new i think it's kind of an ambiguous shitty town so if you want to call new york shitty you can go ahead and do that but it rains 24 This seven. is a fictional yes. movie. It does <laughs> yeah. rain 20. What is David Fincher and rain in this movie? What's that about? Wash away my sins? I don't know. No, I just think they just do, again, like the, the, the city is kind of its own character. And then he just tried to make this town over the, overly the top depressing and dark, right? Um, which just add to the overall shittiness of their lives you know like they're in that apartment and the apartment shaking from like the subway or whatever which i don't know. remember that from the last time i watched yeah. this movie i don't remember that at all but that was hysterical morgan freeman's yeah. face when he busts out laughing yeah I was like, That's some nice levity right there and then towards the end morgan freeman i think they're at that bar they're sharing a beer somerset and mills are and this is one of the, you know i think one of the more famous lines he's just like he's sick of living in a place where apathy is a virtue um you know it takes it love costs it takes effort it takes work it's easier to bear a child than to raise it it's 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 this and this and that and this and he's just like he's sick of living in this town where like really like you said just no one gives a shit and he just this town is just a symbol of depression what is it about jaded cops not being able to hold families that's a that's a very common trope that when the older you get the hardened more jaded, better that you are as a detective, the less likely you are to have a successful marriage. Well, maybe I don't because Denzel and then um, Morgan Freeman—they both like were older, a little bit more jaded. And well, I think it's a message uh, that in Somerset, he he works a lot. You know, spending some evenings in the library, doing some research, spending late nights at his desk, and then also taking home work home with you both literally and emotionally figuratively and and then thinking about mills oh, he's already he's already married he's a young gun already married high school sweethearts at the dinner table gwyneth paltrow is like oh he's the funniest guy i've ever met and and then somerset's like really 
Um, he's like, what's that like? Or maybe he's like, oh, I remember when I was that young and naive, you know, like think like any, many things along those lines. I mean, I get that. And then Mills just hasn't seen shit yet. You know, he hasn't experienced the difficulties well, of the job. Well, by the end of the movie. Oh yeah, for sure. And you see, he's distraught leaving that in that police car that's how you would say would you describe him as distraught i mean he's 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 a shell of himself i mean he's there you go yeah i like that much better like rami was at the end as well yeah although i mean if i had to pick one character to end the movie as it had to be between one of those two i would choose rami every single day right he's a he because you didn't have to shoot someone or because your wife lived your wife lived, you have your family, you have your kids, you got a pool in the backyard. Mills just murdered a suspect. There were witnesses that saw it. He's being taken away in a, in, uh, in a cop car, lost his wife and his unborn child, and he's going home to a shitty apartment uh, where yeah. someone shakes it. Yeah. That's a pretty horrific ending, I would say. Yeah. And apparently, it was supposed to just end like right there, cut to black. Either him in the cop car or after he kills Spacey, just cut to black. Um, but I think test audiences said, or the studio said, it's way too dark. We can't do that. And then, so like to, to David Fincher's dismay, um, uh, he added that Hemingway quote that Morgan Freeman had to read. And I think everyone involved, like Brad Pitt, Morgan Freeman, David Fincher, were like, this is stupid as hell, but they had, they had, but they had, they had to do it because they had to make it somewhat lighter of an ending. I can't even remember what that quote was. Oh, well, I, or, I have it, Michael, if you're interested. Tell us, Brian. Okay. The world is a fine place and worth fighting for. I agree with the second part. That's it. That's how it ends. That doesn't even tie in. Oh, no, it ties in even... because Hemingway thinks the world's a fine place and it's worth fighting for. Then Freeman's like, I, I, I think it's worth fighting for. That's why he's so meticulous with his work he tries so hard to find the killers and he's so good obviously at his job but he does not wait so that was morgan freeman's character saying i agree with the second or i agree with the second as part of the quote oh my impression that's a good question i think my impression is that that's morgan that's somerset saying i agree with the second part oh well yeah that's dumb sorry david fincher that got into your movie Mm Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, but yeah, he doesn't think the world's a fine place. He hates the world. He's just jaded by all the shit he has seen. Let's 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 do a callback to the library, um, and just the fact that a nice way to turn to find another clue is to call the FBI and track public library book records. Yeah, and it's like you know they're collecting reading habits, and I think that idea in 1995 is really kind of forward. I think that's so crazy because. <laughs> What what does social media do now but track every type of habit that we have? Yeah. And it's like, that's how you can, that's how they're finding like these January 6th people and stuff. Like they're all just like their habits are being found out. And it just kind of like took me back. I sat and I was just like, wow, they really can do that in 1995. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And then again, just Somerset being a boss and being able and thinking of that and being just good at his job. Um, Before he quits retires he retires retires quits yeah um yeah do you want to go into some pizza questions or anything more that you want to say yeah no i mean i'm just i'm glad i got to revisit this movie it's been a minute yeah i forgot how funny how humorous it was even like at the dinner sequence uh mills is like you want wine or beer it's like oh some wine and then 
brings him out some wine. He has his beer, and then it takes it takes Somerset a while, but eventually it picks up his glass, and it's like a water glass filled to the brim of like wine. <laughs> and Somerset Morgan Freeman is just like the fuck, you know? He's just like what? <laughs> that was kind of that. That made me laugh. That was a. It was so subtle, and you blink, you miss it. But Morgan Freeman is just like perplexed by why wines <laughs> in this tall wa- water bottle um so that made me laugh but yeah I, i'm sure those two had so much fun together yeah i wonder i mean um i mean this kind of in a way this created a beautiful relationship between brad pitt and david fincher um they've gone on to do at least another two movies um being um benjamin button and fight club i think those are the only two more he's done after that so they've done a trilogy together. I don't know if Morgan Freeman since worked with David Fincher, but but anyways. And now Kevin Spacey's working with no one. No one, exactly. Because again, he's a pedophile criminal. And serial asshole. killer. Yeah, and serial killer. Maybe. It's, Who knows? It's the MO, right? Wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. Would have um, asked him. Yeah, what, let's, okay. Enough. What's your favorite? What was your f- this is a weird way of putting it. My favorite murder? Exactly. Uh, I don't know because there's... Oh, how do you even frame that question, Brian? What do you mean? That's why favorite? I let you finish. That's why I let you finish the question for me. Thank you. What was your favorite <laughs> murder, Michael? My favorite murder. I don't know. There were some that were like interesting murders. And then there were some that like I think would be the worst possible one that I could go into. And that's why it's my favorite. I don't know. I think the my my the most interesting one might have been gluttony. Mm. I think because that's like the only other feed to death scene that I've seen was in like one of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Horror movie. Yeah, go on. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. so like that was like that kind of image especially since it's the first one we see when it yeah. comes up over the big guy's back and like he's just wrong. Mm-hmm. He looks real bad. Um that that one that was interesting. I think the worst way to go would have been well, I'm going to let you say yours, your favorite, before I take two. What was your favorite murder? Probably that one, too, I think. You didn't think about it? No, I mean, I did, but I can't think. I'm trying to think how I, what context, like favorite as in if I walk into this crime scene, like, oh, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Or like favorite as in that's how I want to go. You know, if I had to choose, you know, like, what, 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 what kind oh, of. Choose your death. This is getting real morbid. I know. I think which is your most aesthetically pleasing murder of this movie? Probably greed of this movie like that one it was a nice way to start the movie like it didn't start with like the sloth it didn't start with the the prostitute victim it was like all right hey here's just a really obese man yeah and it's like all right nothing vision disturbing but like you can you can stomach this a little bit and then i feel like it got more and more graphic as the movie progressed um yeah which which helps people like me you know so yeah, yeah, I can't just give you the worst on the get-go. No. But I mean, and that's a common thing in horror movies. You don't give all your surprises away at the beginning. You got to save them up and build and build. Yeah. And then what's in the box? What's in the box? Uh, but the worst, I mean, it's toss-up between, I think, Sloss and just being tied to his bed for like that for a year. year or the, the, the prostitute one, I think. Yeah. Although I think Pride, was that the one with the nose cut off? Uh, I think that was, that was, that was an interesting saw type thing going on. That was weird. Which pre this movie predates the whole saw franchise, so it's really interesting mm, okay. to see like the legacy of this horror movie moving down to the, the next one. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Um, what's your so I don't know, Brian, what's your favorite scene of the movie? 
Okay, so best slice. It's so good. I think for for these two, our best slice is favorite topping. I think it's really easy to just be best slice, like just the last thirty minutes, the ending. Nice. Again, it's just like I said it, but a closure coming in and just throwing straight gas, and no one's able to do anything about it. You're just like you can't stop watching. It's just excellent. Mm-hmm. The, the car, specifically the car ride, and yeah, spacing in the back pit with the mesh over Freeman. It's just. That's just excellent stuff right there. And I, yeah. I love seeing three of them uh, converse. So I think it would it would be that. If it had to be something not the ending, then um, I liked the one of the first scenes with their boss. And the two of them talking to the boss, um, Freeman's asking to be reassigned. And then Pitt's like, say it to my face. And he's like, I want to be reassigned. <laughs> and this shouldn't be his first case. He's like, I don't want to go out like this. And it's just a good way to showcase their, their contrasting personalities and where they, how they, and it's just you, the character development. You start here and you, you end up at the end of the movie. And I just, I like that a little, I like that intro. Yeah. And what a, what a filming location for the end. Yeah. Yeah. With those towers and the power lines. Yep. It just looks good. It's like, that's an iconic sequence. That's a good one. All right, how about you? But if I'm not going to say the end, I think it's going to be Brad Pitt's chase through the apartment complex. Yeah. It's a very confined chase. A lot of civilians around that Brad Pitt and Denzel, not Denzel, Morgan Freeman are working with. Um, and I, I just, it was just nice. It was so interesting. And did you know that they wrote in Brad Pitt's cast because during that filming of that sequence, he actually put his hand through a windshield. Really? while they were filming one of the chase scenes. And they're like, okay, he broke his arm. Here's a cast <laughs> for the rest of the movie. Wow. I did not, I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's my best scene. I don't know. My, the, what's your favorite topping? Let's, let's get this done. I mean, what's in the box. What's in the box. What's right? in the box. Um, but if it's not going to be that, then I already mentioned the apathy as a virtue, um, apathy yeah. as a virtue line. But I think it's, I mean, when you think of seven, you think of, what's in the box absolutely right? yeah it's the only thing you can think of that and then that shot of close up to brad pitt's face you talked about david fincher's propensity for for close-up shots but yeah what an actor he is mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right i also like um john he's a john doe by choice that was just a quick kind of throwaway oh, line sure yeah. just an interesting you know great context right he is a john doe by choice he's cutting his fingertips off and he's not leaving any fingerprints like He's deciding to be anonymous, which is, I think it ties into his martyrdom that he thinks he's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So what's in the box? What's in the box? Is it pizza? So who do you want to have a slice of pizza with? Just Gwyneth Paltrow's head. Ew. Really? <laughs> oh, you went no, there. You went there. Uh, it was so easy. You walked right into it. <laughs> that's what I, it's in a pizza box. All right. So that's, is that, is that your final answer? No, probably the junkie that Brad Pitt bribes to go get food. She's probably on her way to go get a slice of pizza anyway, so I'll just tag along. Okay, fair enough. How many how many bribes has she taken? I think a good bit. Which brings up an interesting point. You know, in the little things, we're talking about how terrible these cops are, like breaking laws and this kind of stuff. How do we feel about Brad Pitt just like knocking through doors? He's also kind of a, a rough trade cop. So those kind of things, he's going to he'll get a slap on the wrist. That's fine. You know, he'll, he'll be, that'll be okay. He'll be good. But with not covering up a murder, you're but right. at the, but at the end when he does kill a suspect and then the boss or Somerset's like, 
one of them's like, we'll take care of him, whatever he needs, like give it to him. What does that mean? What what happens with Brad Pitt after this? Like, do they look after him? Does he go to jail for murder or like? Oh, you haven't seen the sequel? Yeah, what happens in eight? I don't know. Um, you stole my joke out of my mouth. <laughs> gotcha. No, there um, is no eight. Yeah. So what happens? What happens seven, with Mills? Said boo. No, but what happens with with Mills? Does he go to jail? Does he like go into some sort of protection? Does he go to like a mental facility, like or just? I don't know. Is he de- is demoted? Maybe he's just back upstate. I, he'll probably go into a mental facility for sure. Right. I think uh, the legal consequences. Okay. I don't know. I, is it justified? I don't know. That's the thing. I don't know. I have that's a, and that's the thing. He technically Spacey. Oh, good and evil at, is beyond. At that point, at that point, did he already confess to being guilty? Because remember earlier. Um, he's like, oh, if we do this, he'll profess to being guilty. But if you don't take him here, he'll claim insane, and you know he's not going to go to prison because of that. I think the only thing he did was in the car. He explained all the murders. That's which right. The public wouldn't have. So at that, so the, the oh, me- but no. Well, he also tipped tipped everybody off at work. Yeah, we know that there's dirty cops that are taking bribes from reporters and stuff. Yeah. So maybe, I don't know. So maybe there's enough legal evidence, even though he's dead, to convict him. But does that, but does that justify him killing him? I don't right. know. Brad I'm, Pitt I'm, might not be a cop anymore. I don't know enough about it, but I just wonder what his life looks like. Like legally, I'll tell you what, what his life I bet he like. moves out from under the subway. Hell yeah, he's gone. He's, he's moving. If he, if he has the ability to, he's moving as far away as he can from that. Do we also think that the dead dog at the end was Brad Pitt's dead dog? No, no. Oh, I hope not. I hope not. Because Kevin Spacey does say, "I didn't do that." I didn't do no. So no, you're right. So no. Um, Okay, cool. So you would. Who would you have a slice with? Did you say the bribed junkie? That's right, the junkie. Okay, I'm gonna do a Somerset. Just that's an easy one. The lead, but I wanna I wanna learn about him and why he stuck around in that town for so long if he hates so much. So, but yeah. yeah. Okay. How many slices, Michael? Seven. <laughs> I'm giving it seven out of eight slices. <laughs> Is that just because of the title of the movie, or because it's just you don't you don't think it's an eight out of eight? I think because it works really well, and there's something holding me back from an eight out of eight, and it might be we didn't see Gwyneth Paltrow's head. They shot it. Well, they, you they see it for a prop. you see it for a half second. Oh, that looked more of like a picture of her. That's Gwyneth Paltrow's head. It's, it's for a box. half second. I, I believe so. You see, and I think if you were to pause it, which I have, but every time I've seen this movie, which is twice now, it's it looks like it's a like it's a it's a, it's a head. It's like a it's it's, head. it's pale. It's a severed head. Yeah, which is interesting because like the camera is on Brad Pitt when it flashes that, but Brad Pitt never looked in the box. No, I think it's him maybe like thinking about it. And then right after that mm. glimmer, that's when he that's when he unloads. I think it's seven rounds, seven bullets into spaces. Oh. Um, Do you know where Gwyneth Paltrow's prop head goes on to next? No. Contagion in 2007. Mm. Use the same head. Interesting. What is that, seven years later? No, uh, that'd I think be it's weird. Tw- I think it's 12, but okay. That's divisible by seven. So what do you give it? No, it's not. Um, <laughs> I give it, I give it, I'm giving it an eight. Uh, nice. An eight. Yeah. It's an eight out of eight. That's great. 
All right. I'll give it maybe seven and a half. That's okay. Seven out of seven, seven out of eight for Michael, eight out of eight for me. That is seven nineteen ninety five David Fincher's bolt. That's also streaming on HBO Max. So if you haven't seen it yet, which yeah. I, I made a seven joke in the office uh, a couple weeks ago, and no one got it. Oh, There's a surprising amount of people. I we had door decorations, and I had I, I drew Snoopy and Birdie, uh, Birdie Yellow Bird. Um, what's what's the uh, name? Um, Woodstock. Woodstock together, and then there's a box under the on the door, and I put a bobblehead head in the box. That's terrible. And then I had Snoopy <laughs> dialogue box say, "What's in the box?" And no one in my office got it. No one knew. How many um, times did you have to explain that? At least four times. Oh, that's so embarrassing. So I did not win the door decorating contest because of it, but the person. What was the? Was this for like Christmas? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I I had like a white. I had like a blue door. I had some white snow. I had some snowflakes. I drew a Snoopy wearing a Santa outfit, and it was very festive. And it just you know, it was a box. It was like with a bow on it, a Christmas box. But I kept it slightly ajar. And if you were to actually visit, literally look inside the box, you would see um, a bobblehead head in it. And but no one really understood the reference, so I thought it was a cool holiday Snoopy Seven mashup that no one really appreciated. Sorry for your loss, Brian. I would have enjoyed it. But the the point is, not enough people have seen Seven. This movie is streaming on HBO Max, so check it out. Avoid the double feature. Don't watch the little things. Watch Seven (laughs) instead. And there you go. And go back to the little things to see how like it was worse. Yeah, yeah, and then and then watch a nicer movie after that because it's uh, that's just that's back to back dark stuff right there, and you need to you need some maybe Zodiac. I think that would be a good triple feature. Mark wow, Ruffler. also yeah. a, also a bleak movie, but another David Fincher, great. So okay, and it's got Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr., Mark Ruffalo, The Hulk, Jake Gyllenhaal, not a superhero but a stud because I kill them all. Yeah. Okay. What? Nothing. That was our slice on film. Well, we got to do our last slice, Michael. We're still here. Gosh darn it. I don't have a last slice. I watched two movies this morning. Did you watch both these movies this morning? No, I watched one last night. And the other one this morning. So you watched one movie this morning? Yeah. So you just lied? (laughs) Quickly, yeah. Okay, cool. So our last slice, uh, the last slice for Michael is that he's a liar. And my last slice is that I watched When Harry Met Sally for the first time this weekend with Kimberly. This is the first movie my parents saw together on their first date. And really enjoyable. It was. It's nice to watch a nice movie um, after watching The Little Things, a Tiger Woods documentary, and Seven. When Harry Met Sally. I'm back. Very good. What's up? Haven't you been outside this weekend at all? Not a whole lot. No, not that much. Not much. Well, it's always next year. Always next year. All right. And that has been our slice on film. I saw you with a box. What was in the box? Because I envy your normal life. Put the gun down, baby. It seems that envy is my sin. Oh, what's in the box? Not till you give me the what's gun. What's in the fucking box? Give me the gun. He just told you. You lie! You're a fucking liar! Shut up! That's what he wants. He, wa- he wants you to shoot him. No! No! You tell me, you tell me. That's not true. That's not true. Become vengeance, dude. Ah, she's all right. You tell me. Become wrath. Tell me she's all right!